I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call them a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Close your eyes. Close the door. You don't have to worry anymore. I'll be your baby tonight. Shut the light. Shut the shade. You don't have to be afraid. I'll be your baby tonight. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host of Freewheeling, Rob Kelly. And joining us this week to talk about I'll Be Your Baby Tonight, the closing track from 1967's John Wesley Harding, is fellow Bobcat Nick Warren. Hi, Nick. Hi there, Rob. Thanks for having me on. I'm happy to have you on. This is great. Before we start talking about the song, since this is your first appearance on the show, I've got to ask you the standard intro question. How did you become a fan of Bob? Yeah, um, it was uh, probably when I was about 16 or 17, and I've got a couple of elder sisters, and one of, one of their friends, I can't remember exactly who, but one of their friends played me the track Hurricane of Desire, and, you know, I just loved the anger in his, in his voice, and it, mm-hmm. it was so different from any of the songs, you know, a 16 or 17-year-old would be listening to on the radio. I mean, in my case, Radio 1, lots of pop music, or... Um, on TV, we had a show called Top of the Pops, which you may have heard of. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but you wouldn't hear anything like uh, like Hurricane on, on, a sh- on shows <laughs> like that. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would imagine not. <laughs> exactly. So it was a bit different for me. And um, I guess then a, a couple of years later, I went off to uni and sort of started listening to, to different albums with pals from uni. And eventually, they just they just sink into you, don't they? You, you, you know, you start remembering, you start having incidents, you know, where, where you remember where you first heard the you know a track um you know for example i remember i was in a train station in a in a county called shropshire when i listened to blood on the tracks for the first time on one of those mm. old walkmans and uh you know i remember going to a party and boring everybody telling them how fantastic most of the time is you know i just you, you have these incidents in your life that, that, that you navigate by don't you and of course i've been i've been through the whole um the whole set of media as well started off on on, on records then went through cassette tapes and cd and now of course it's the age of spotify so yeah he's he's been around for for my whole life really since since 16 or 17 you know with a few little breaks maybe um getting married having kids it tends to decrease the amount you can listen to bob but um you know now the kids are grown up i can i can do what i like um yeah listening to plenty these days thanks in part to your podcast obviously not that you were necessarily trying but do you convert the kids to a dylan fan at all or are they not interested well, yeah, actually, I've got a couple of boys, and uh, they they both like Bob. Yeah, maybe not as much as me, but um, yeah, they've both got some tracks there on the playlist, and we uh, we tend to play play a few when they come round. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's very nice. So, have you seen them live? I have. I've, I, I'm going for a record here. I've seen him three times, but there's a gap of 33 years between Whoa. the first time I saw him and, <laughs> and the most recent. So let, let me tell you, yeah, uh, first time I saw him was I was at uni, actually. So July the 7th, 1984, Wembley Stadium, when I would have oh. been 20, 20 years old, a, a real big stadium gig. Whoa, that's a big haul. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely full as well. Um, and you know, he was he was in full stadium mode too. There, I mean, if you if you were to check out the set list from from that show, which I I did on BobDylan.com, you know, just to remember what I was listening to. You know, you've got some classics. You've got you've got Tangled Up, Simple Twist, It Ain't Me, Babe, Baby Blue. It's just it's no wonder I'm a fan. The songs he was singing there. But I, I had a question about that that gig actually because i saw on the set list a song called enough is enough now i've never heard of that anywhere else have you 
Yes, uh, it, that's a song that, as far as I know, only exists in live form. Okay. We tried it out on a couple of dates, and apparently, uh, if my memory serves me well, uh, it was never quite finished. Yeah, that's a song that, as far as I know, he's never even tried uh, in the studio. And so, boy, you really got a treat there. But think about the absurdity of that, that he tried out. That's when he tries out a new song that nobody knows is at Wembley Stadium in front yeah, of, like, how many absolutely. tens of thousands of people. I mean, that's too long ago for me to actually remember that track. I probably just figured he was playing something that, you know, uh, I hadn't heard before or something like that so wow. it kind of passed me by you know we're in the middle of all those songs that, that i really loved you know i probably didn't notice that one right but, how far away were you 10 miles away from him uh, we uh, we were on the pitch certainly not not back in the stands but probably a little bit a little bit forward of halfway so you know p- pretty good view i would say but but not not you know right next to him but interestingly enough that it was at that gig that i realized for the first time because remember i was only 20 there um that he actually changes the lyrics of his songs <laughs> and, yes. and i just hadn't realized that before and i you know that's just another thing i, I love about you know the, the songs and, and the way he does them is that he, he changes them so much um I, I think i think i heard him sing version of simple twist of fate and in, instead of you know he's talking about they checked into a strange hotel but instead of saying with a neon burning bright he's i think he said with a desk clerk dressed in white and <laughs> and it's, it's always been in my memory i managed to find a cassette tape bootleg of it um a little bit later in in camden market in london and it was terrible quality but but it's i think playing that helped to retain that um that that weird change of of lyric in uh, in my memory but do do you like stadium gigs Rob, I, I think I've heard you say before that you're not that keen. No, just because there's uh, Bob, you know, unlike, say, um, I don't know, like the Rolling Stones, not to have a more contemporary reference than that. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, the Stones have definitely put a lot of I don't I hate to use the word effort, but they put they put a lot of emphasis, let's say, mm-hmm. on the visuals of their act. Certainly Mick Jagger. Again, I wish I had a more contemporary reference for somebody. Don't, but don't, like, don't you worry, know, I know the Stones. You know, Bob doesn't. Yeah, he's just kind of standing there (laughs) and he's not very demonstrative. And so to me, unless you can see him up close, it loses a little bit of the effect when he's just this tiny figure. That's a really good link, actually, because the second time I saw him was in 1991 in Hammersmith in in London. And that that wasn't a great gig. Uh, You know, I I was reasonably close, but he really wasn't doing much. He was kind Mm -hmm. of hunched over the keyboard i couldn't couldn't figure out he where he was for a while (laughs) and uh, and i had a look at the set list of that as well and it's it's not quite as attractive certainly from my perspective so so i didn't really get a lot out of that gig and i i I, you know i went with a pal again and i I kind of figured that might be the last time i see him uh live but then only four years ago um an opportunity came up to go see him in cardiff which is quite near where i live uh, my sister lives closer and she uh she saw there was a gig on so she she got tickets and uh i went along with some family my wife uh, my other sister and my brother-in-law and uh and that was better I, I think having sort of seen him at hammersmith and and sort of um got over that in a sense i, I it couldn't get any worse than that so i was actually really pleased with um with the cardiff gig i, I still couldn't quite work out <laughs> all of the songs were mm-hmm. and, and somewhat <laughs> annoyingly um there's no set list up for that gig on bobdylan.com really it's got the gig but it's just a blank page so i figure they don't know what he played <laughs> but it's, I, it's, go on. 
I've learned the hard way that uh, Bob, BobDylan.com is not completely okay, gotcha. uh, um, complete. <laughs> you okay. know, I've, there's been little bits here and there. On the last yeah. show, I made a mistake about City of, uh, City of Gold because I was like, I don't think it's appeared anywhere. And of course, it did appear, but it wasn't uh, listed on BobDylan.com. Uh, okay, so it's like, good Lord, I can't even trust the man's own website sometimes yeah, yeah. for some of these things. So. Yeah, yeah, but that 2017 gig, I, I was, I was quite happy with it. Nonetheless, I, I got a word for word version of Desolation Row out of him, which I, could just, which I could just sing along to perfectly. And you know, that alone was was worth the trip. So, uh, so yeah, happy with that. It says something about about Bob, and he's one of the few acts that is still still active. That yeah. you can have 33 years in between gigs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, most most musicians' careers don't last. Half that, let alone no, no. enough that you would say, "Oh, I just saw a gig thirty-three yeah. years after I saw the other one." I mean, and he's God. got and he's got a really easy-going feel these days. It's sort of a b- bit lounge band, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he stood up from the keyboard for a while and went over to the band and sort of jammed around in a bit of an old guy way. But so it, it was nice. It was. Uh, <laughs> Enjoyed it. Um, maybe I'll go and see him again. Who knows? I hope so. I mean, as far as I've been hearing that the, the whatever tour he was planning for the end of this year uh, is has been canceled. Uh, but I also I think ultimately that's a good thing because we here in America are a bunch of morons and we don't know how to handle uh, a, uh, a a pandemic uh, by uh, taking the medicine. So <laughs> I want Bob to stay safe. And if Bob thinks he can't stay safe in this country, then then stay at home, Bob. Just stay stay inside and do more Shadow Kingdoms or work on it oh, out yeah. whatever you want to do buddy yeah he's still active isn't he yeah so, he's still, yeah he's still doing it man 80 years old you know <laughs> i mean i can't like i said i i'm i'm 30 years younger than him and i'm tired <laughs> like, I'm like, absolutely yeah. <laughs> like i go out for the day and i come home like i'm just tired now let alone being 80 and shuffling yourself around all over the the world playing these gigs and stuff so yeah and i guess we're going to talk a bit more about shadow kingdom later aren't we so we well yes that's a perfect segue but well done nick uh (laughs) so we're going to talk about i said i i'll be your baby tonight it's the last song as i said from from john wesley harding now this song is simple to the point of almost like abstraction uh it is so basic and so simple and that the fact that it's coming from someone who we know is capable of these incredibly complex rhyme schemes, changes. It's There's something almost wonderfully Dada-esque about doing something this basic. And of course, when Dylan was coming up in the 60s and he was writing these songs like Stuck Inside of Mobile or Visions of Jahan mm-hmm, or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was all this stuff about, well, Bob has buried you know, that old type of rhyme schemes where they, and the, the example they would always use was rhyming moon and spoon. Cause that was Absolutely. a simple yeah. rhyme scheme. And now here Bob is <laughs> it's purposely inserting that rhyme yeah. into this song. So why did you want to talk about this tune? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting question. I mean, I, I like the tune and it, it was the, the set of, of, I think four songs that I, I sort of suggested to you originally, um, they were all kind of in a group in my mind. They're, they're all sort of very simple um, songs, you know, describing it like a happy situation, you know, just, just they had a cosy feel to them. And, uh, you know, when I, there's probably more than four that, that are in my head that um, are in that same group, actually. I, I mentioned four. But it's just, um, it's just a lovely, you know, simple happy song yeah it's great it's kind of it's it's so strange in that the the last two songs of this record down along the cove and then this one are so different from what all the other songs that preceded and these these two songs you could totally imagine these being sung in his nashville skyline voice 
oh yeah, and being on that record. And and yet, Absolutely. yeah, and yet John Wesley Harding is it's all full of these sort of strange, folky sounding tales. But there's sort of like again, yeah. it's a you know they're indeterminate time frames, and the, there's people interacting with figures from history, and then there's mm-hmm. figures, people name check from history that didn't really exist. You know, there's like the Saint Augustine who in the song was put out to death, and that's that's yeah. not that's not a real thing. And then you got John Wesley. <laughs> Harding, and yet then the record ends with with these two songs. And so yeah. I already quoted the first two uh, verses, and then there's only two more. It says, well, that mockingbird's going to sail away. We're going to forget it. That big fat moon is going to shine like a spoon, but we're going to let it. You won't regret it. Kick your shoes off. Do not fear. Bring that bottle over here. I'll be your baby tonight. And I think I've told this story once before in an episode. I mean, it tends to happen after so many shows. Sure, sure. But there's this story I remember that – um. Bill Graham told when he was on Bob Costas's later program where he talked about dealing with Jimi Hendrix and he put on a Jimi Hendrix concert and Hendrix apparently, uh, you know, like did all this histrionics. He like flew the guitar in the air and set it on fire and played it behind his back and did all this, you know, kind of big stuff. And after the show during the uh, uh, intermission before the encore Hendrix in front of a room full of people asked Bill Graham, what'd you think of the show? And Graham said, it was good, but, you know, schmuck, you forgot to play. And then, like, the room got quiet. It was like, what? And and Hendrix was like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, you picked it. You set it on fire. You got another guitar. <laughs> but you didn't just play. And Hendrix said, well, you stick around for the on- stick around for the encore. And, All right. And then for the encore, Hendrix just played. Didn't do any of the crazy stuff. Just played. And according to Graham, it was one of the best things he'd ever seen. Graham is standing at the lip of the stage. And after Hendrix was done four or five songs or he just was a virtuoso, said something to Graham like, was that good enough for you, Jack? <laughs> and then went back to picking it and playing it behind his back and throwing it in the air. And he was almost like, I just want to prove to you I can do it. And uh, that now that that's good enough, I'm going to go have some fun. And I feel like that's Bob doing it here. He's just like, I am good. You know, I know you liked – the complicated songs or even the, even the, you know, ballad of Frankie Lee and Judas priest are all on the watchtower where you're yeah. kind of like, what the hell is he talking about? Mm-hmm. This strip, all that stripped down to its barest essential. Yeah. I mean, it's got a similar sort of cowboy feel to the music, to the, to the rest of the, um, the rest of the album, but, and, and you're right that there are some, you know, the second line and John, John Wesley Harding, he, he goes, he traveled with a gun in every hand. And you think, well, something's going on here. That's a, <laughs> that's an interesting lyric. Um, um, and, and a lot of other tracks are, are slightly off kilter like that. You think there's something wrong with this song, but I'm, I'm not sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think uh, when we get to it, I, I'll, I'll, I'll try and offer a couple of weird interpretations of i'll be your baby tonight if you like oh absolutely yes <laughs> what are your weird interpretations? i know bob bob himself has said somebody told him that this could be from a baby's perspective and he was like that works for me he uh, was okay with that <laughs> so <laughs> well i i can do, i can do those now if you like oh absolutely let's hear okay it. so so a bit of a backstory here though um i've just re- i remembered uh you did a podcast a while ago it's, i looked it up it's podcast number 11 you had you had a guy called Dan Budnick. Oh my he pal, was do, yes. He was doing "You Ain't Going Nowhere," and he he proposed that it was being sung by a man who's dying of hypothermia. In the <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dan is full of those crazy theories. Yes, yeah. yes. Which, which is you know it, it possibly inspired me. Although I don't think my stuff is quite as weird as that. And uh, it, it sort of the possibilities came up just in conversations actually with 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 my sons about about the, the song and. 
we came up with uh, well three different maybe semi interpretations and and the first one is in each of the verses there's um something about either fear or regret or worry yeah hmm. now and you wouldn't necessarily expect that in a, in a sort of simple yeah you know cozy um you know love song essentially but the the idea is that those ones those those lyrics about worry and fear it it's the it's the narrator singing them to himself right because he's he's nervous so the rest of the words are spoken to whoever he's with but then in each verse there's this little aside in brackets that he's probably mumbling under his breath you know do not fear that's that kind of thing so that that's one um the second one which which i quite like as well is you'll you notice if if you if you look at the lyrics uh, certainly the album version that you've got some some things that seem a bit wrong so close your eyes close the door that's not the order you would do stuff in right <laughs> <laughs> if you're in some sort of you know seduction scene or something like that you know you know i'm not going to close my eyes you, you close the door first right um so so the idea is that that it's actually a duet so person a says close your eyes to which person b says close the door and then there's the internal monologue of it, you know, you don't have to worry anymore. And then I guess if it's a duet, they'll both sing I'll Be Your Baby Tonight together. So, and I, I really like, I think it would work really well as a duet, partly because yeah. um, there's, there's some really good covers, aren't there? Which, again, we can come to in a bit. I'm dotting about a bit here, where, you know, a, a woman has covered this song. There are plenty of men who have too. And I, I just think it'd be really nice to have a, have a duet in, in that kind of style. It's then, interesting. I like that. <laughs> Then the, then the third uh, wacky, wacky interpretation is, look, th- these things are in the wrong order. You know, close your eyes, close the door, shut the light before you shut the shade. That's not going to work either. So, <laughs> the, 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 so it is, it is a bit off kilter, this song, in fact. Um, so the third possibility is that this is just somebody practicing what he's going to say. Uh, he or she is going to say and they, they're getting it wrong they're rehearsing you know oh yeah, damn. close your eyes that's not the first thing you did. so you know he's practicing it he's getting it wrong and you know who knows uh, what happened when the actual event came round when he he had to say these lines so there you go that, that's ah. my that's my, that's my rivalry for podcast 11 and your pal Dan. i like that i like all those interpretations yeah i mean when you when you go back and you read the words it, it does there is a lot of it in there where you're like what like it does as you say the stuff's out of order um the line about the big fat moon is going to shine like a spoon but we're going to let it you won't regret it yeah. what am i regretting here what what what's wrong with the fa- the yeah. moon shining like a spoon and then for a song that is so easy going yeah uh, you've got two different lines about being afraid yeah, yeah. What, what is this per- what is the person that is being sung to having to fear what's yeah. going on why is there so much trepidation going on i mean presumably when you're saying i'll be your baby tonight that is a a, a sexual come on uh-huh. um and there's going to be some liquor involved but i mean why is there so much worry that there's something bad could happen when this thing is supposed to be so easy going and like you know, uh, we already talked about tonight. I'll be staying here with you, which to me yeah. is you know comparative to this. You can be compared to the song. That Absolutely. song is full of just joy. There is yeah. no real worry to that. But this has a lot more of like 
what okay you know it like, does it does so i'm i'm thinking and the the shadow kingdom version a bit more that this is some kind of illicit get together right one of them right. there's, there's right. some reason why they that why they shouldn't be getting together right yes uh, i mean vocally uh, i do love the way when bob gets to the the final version he thinks bring that bottle and he stretches the word bottle to beyond its length, very good. Bottle. It just goes on way too long. Yeah. <laughs> I love that that performance of it. And you mentioned uh, the covers. Uh, yeah, yes. for a song that is so simple, and maybe that's the yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. It has been covered a zillion times. Absolutely. Uh, you got uh, Chris Christopherson covered it at the 30th anniversary concert. Yeah, that's the one you were at, wasn't it? Yes, yes. I just realized sarcasm there. Um, So (laughs) we've got uh, Rita Coolidge covered it, Nora Jones, Marianne Faithful, Bernadette Peters, Bobby Darren. You've got to stop at Nora Jones because I think that one's really beautiful cover that is. Is it? I, I don't. I don't know if I've heard that one exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's I've been listening one. to that on YouTube this week. Yeah, it's really mellow and and uh, it feels so natural. You know that it's a, the the song is can be sung by a man or a woman. It's, it sounds great with her singing it for sure. Uh, so Raymond Jack Elliott covered it. Like I said, it's it. The fact that it can be sung by all those diverse yeah. kind of you know singers yeah. says yeah. something about the 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 utter sort of uh, simplicity but sturdiness of this tune. Uh, and of course, the uh, the band is the band is playing great. I mean, it's like the I think it's like uh, the the pedal steel on it is wonderful. It just it's that it's it is such a l- sort of just slow, easygoing feeling. It is really one of the quietest ways he's ever ended a record. I mean, it yeah. is just so mellow. Well, I mean that that does tell you, doesn't it, that that he he really likes the song and the fact that he's played it a lot of times live. You know, I mean, he's given it the the the, the hallowed spot of the, of the last thing on not that last song on the on the record mm. and then he, he's continued to to sort of play it live but but before we leave covers do you know the uh the cover by robert palmer and ub40 i have heard that that is it, if you it's funny if you go to the wikipedia page for this song and this song has its own right. wikipedia page yeah. they spend more time talking about the robert palmer cover than the dylan <laughs> original i was like wow okay it, it's great though it's 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 a whole kind of reggae um vibe to it it's re- really nice and the, the and the other thing he does is um he he sings uh be my baby in between you know the pauses be my baby like this which makes it sort of more of a a question rather mm-hmm. than you know I'll be your baby tonight is is more of a an assertion kind of thing mm-hmm. but but he he sort of change just changes the angle on that slightly which is which is cool now Bob you mentioned the live performances of this he said Bob oh, yeah. according to BobDylan.com again you know who knows uh <laughs> performed this four hundred and forty four times and as we all know. He recently performed it on Shadow Kingdom. Yep, probably yep. visually the, the the standout from Shadow Kingdom was I'll Be Your Baby Tonight simply because you've got the camera right in Bob's face with those two women uh, yes. flanking him. One of the yep, one of them yep. was an actress from Stranger Things. And oh, they're they're staring they're staring you right they in are, the eye yes, as he's yes. singing this song. It's scary, isn't it? Yeah, that that doesn't correspond to my visual image of this song which is like a a couple in a cozy log cabin somewhere you know (laughs) kicking their shoes off that is totally different perspective for me yeah (laughs) now i haven't seen all of shadow kingdom i did manage to get a copy of this song i'll be your baby um we can talk about that a bit more but but you say that it was visually different from from some of the other yeah well it's the only one where it's the only one where bob is that uh bob has people with him that are that 
close oh, up into the okay, camera. Right, right, and right. they're making eye contact, too. I mean, the other they band are, members, yeah. they're all, as we all know, they were all faking it, the other band members, but they're all kind of off yeah. in the background. Yeah. Uh, but here you've got these two women staring yes. you right yes. in the eye as he's singing the song, <laughs> which, again, gives it a sort of threatening feel to it which doesn't at all match the song itself it's, it's a bit sinister isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. And, and do you remember that moment where one of them just brushes his shoulders yeah he's got a got a bit of dandruff or something yeah. on it? That, that's <laughs> kind of weird i don't know why that happens that's that's kind of weird uh, and the other thing about this that this performance the shadow kingdom performs when he when he puts in the the, the last chorus it sort of slows down almost to a halt and then he starts up again mm-hmm. uh, which I, I haven't heard him sort of do that effect before yeah i said he's it's obviously again for for how simple it is maybe because it's yeah. been covered so much yeah uh that, that he has given it you know he, he always is still sort of playing around with it and if you go to, if you look at what it records it's appeared on it's been on every single collection yeah. of dylan songs since its yeah. release it was on greatest yeah. hits volume two it was on yeah. biograph yeah. It was on the essential Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so obviously it's something that, uh, again, maybe due to the covers, it's been covered so many times that it's, mm-hmm. it's famous, that it's, it's, it wasn't a hit. It was not a single or anything like that, but it's, it is still you know, very famous. And it's, it's something that Sony and or Bob keeps plucking to put on these collections. Absolutely. So obviously a song that, uh, you know, they all feel has a great import in terms of his, uh, his discography. Yeah. Now, now you mentioned that you, you'd looked up "I'll Be Your Baby" on Bob Dylan. He's played it four hundred and forty-four times. Yes, that's what it says. Yeah. Now I looked up the other songs on John Wesley Harding, and that's quite interesting. Uh, I don't know if you did too, but it says John Wes for John Wesley Harding, the title track. It says he's never played it live. Uh, okay. I mean, again, I don't know how much we can trust Bob Dylan dot com anymore. No, but, no, no. But, but I, that's a shame because that's a great song. If yeah. And, hey, and out, then, outside of Watchtower, most of those songs haven't gotten a, a lot of live outings. Yeah. So Watchtower is the clear winner, two thousand yeah. odd. Um, but, the, <laughs> but yeah, 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 above two thousand. <laughs> um, and, and then the only other ones that hit above a hundred are Drifters Escape. I, I wouldn't have picked as a as a live song particularly. I, I saw him once do that. I think. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah, I think you. so. I think I think he did it in Philly once. Yeah. Okay, well, he's done that 250 times. And then The Wicked Messenger, it gets in over 100 plays. Which was but, also on Shadow Kingdom, which I thought was an unusual choice. Oh, that's that's not one that he generally does okay. very much live. So Okay, interesting. Then the rest are just like single figures or, or not, not, not high at all. So again, it, it's got set the second most plays, I'll, I'll Be Your Baby Tonight, live plays. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's obviously, it must be fun to play because it is so simple and the you know i mean and as far as i know um all the live versions that i've heard he's never messed around with the words it's basically this version i mean i'm sure there's probably some tweaks here and there but for the most part the song that you're going to hear live is the song that you know on the on the record so i i i made a few notes on that too we pleased to hear so the album version is close your eyes close the door it starts right but most times nowadays he says shut the light shut the door not a big change but it kind of gets around the the oddity of closing your eyes before right. you do anything else <laughs> but right. the first thing you do is shut the light out which may not be the best best one either and then uh, i think he's sort of re- rephrased have no fear to do not fear which isn't, isn't a big change really uh, and then there's some live versions where he he raunches it up a bit because instead of shut the light shut the shade you don't have to be afraid he goes shut the blind shut it tight tonight it's going to last all night oh okay <laughs> all right 
And then um, I think he did a live version. There's one with the Grateful Dead that I watched on YouTube. I couldn't actually make out what he said on the second verse, but it sounded a bit different. Uh, But then the only other one is I saw a live performance in Osaka on YouTube again, and he's he's gone for Shut the Window, Shut the Shade, which... uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, that implies it's uh, it's summer. Maybe it's a bit hot or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm betting that the ones I see that after its initial live debut on the Isle of Wight in 1969, okay. he he trotted it out through 1976, which oh, was really? the hard the hard rain tour. Oh, okay. So I'm betting that that's was those were the years that he was raunching it up a bit because he did okay. that for a bunch of other songs. He yeah. turned he turned Lay Lady Lay into kind of a raunchy song that year. Okay. I think he, he was sort of feeling that. <laughs> okay. okay. He did the thing about lay lady lay let's go upstairs who really cares and stuff like oh, that right, okay. did, did that coincide with some sort of marriage break up or something? a little bit a little oh, bit okay, so, right. <laughs> so it's, it's something there so um the one other version that i've heard uh okay. which i liked quite a bit was he did it for the supper club show oh. uh which which still remain uh unreleased which is just uh, frustrating as all get out because those are great shows oh, but the band um the band leans into um the real pedal steel. You really hear somebody do like the, I'm okay. massacring it, trying to replicate it with, my <laughs> but it, they, whoever is playing the supper club shows with him really leans into that, that pedal steel sound. And it sounds mm-hmm. even more like a country tune than it does on the record. And oh, it's really okay, good. Yeah. It's really fun. Again, you, and, because the supper club shows were done in front of an audience, it was a, a, and a tiny audience, you hear them like whoop into excitement because mm-hmm. they know the song. And as he's playing it, they get more and more energetic energized because i think they can yeah. see on that he's having fun playing yeah i mean the the country sort of sound it, it, a lot of covers have, have been done in that style they really picked up on it there was one i saw which sweet else of the rodeo did not a band i know very well but um it's a pretty good performance but the singer who introduces it introduces it as being on nashville skyline until her, <laughs> one, one of her bandmates corrects her so yeah yeah it works well as a country song anyway so why not i don't feel so bad about getting things wrong then sometimes if you can <laughs> go on stage and not name the album correctly exactly exactly so just just on the lyrics still a bit though um we should discuss that third verse shouldn't we and the mockingbird sailing away Mm -hmm. (laughs) because that's that's uh it's sort of like he's had two standard verses um and then that third verse is a bit uh, bit different. And he starts talking about mock- the mockingbird and the moon and the spoon. So where do you stand on the interpretation of the mockingbird? I, I, I went straight to uh, to kill a mockingbird, Har- Harper Lee story. It's hard not to. You hear that yeah, word, yeah, you know, yeah. mockingbird. And it's, I don't really understand what the mockingbird represents necessarily in that it's it's sailing away. That might be a tr- in the context of the verses. It seems like that's a troubling thing that the yeah. bird is going away because we're going to forget it. But I took it as the mocking. I mean, it's the, maybe the, the sun is going down and the birds are going away because birds are not generally aren't flying at night. So they're, they're like the night is settling in. Like we're settling in for the yeah, night and yeah, we're going to, you're going to stay here for the night. Oh yeah, that's, that's nice. Um, a couple of people I asked who, who know more about literature than me reckon that the mockingbird in, in that novel is sort of representing um, innocence, right? And so, to kill a mockingbird is to obviously to to uh, to kill innocence, I guess. Right. So, so that kind of makes sense from a from a figurative point of view in this song, because uh, you know there's not going to be any innocence uh, tonight <laughs> after the song, is there? So, um, yeah, that kind of works for me. And then we talked a little bit about the the moon and the spoon rhyme, which uh, you know is is 
standard for a, a bit of a cheesy rhyme. What I did when I, I looked up sort of keywords uh, again on bobdylan.com which it seems to be my only source is i found out that he'd actually rhymed moon with spoon in a different song already previous to this one and i can challenge you to name it or i can just tell you i'm, I'm blanking on what <laughs> as soon as you say it i'm gonna go oh of course but what's the song you, of course you are yeah it's it's all right ma of course of course that's yeah, right. Absolutely. Yes. I've, I've got it here. Darkness at the break of noon, shadows even the, the silver spoon. Silver spoon. Yeah. And made blade, the child balloon eclipses both the sun and moon. So um, I, I'd like to think he, he knew he'd done that before. <laughs> it flies right by you uh, in that it song. Does. That song is just so oh, lyrically dense. Yeah. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Good find, Nick. I like that. That's great. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure your your friend Tari used to do that, so so I thought I'd take, take up the mantle. <laughs> I appreciate that, and I'm sure she would would have as well. Uh, yeah, that's oh, that's really well. You know, when you've written 600 songs, eventually yep. you're going to be borrowing from yourself. In some yep. capacity here, and there. there's no way you can't. So, oh, that's really interesting. Oh, that's funny. although I I can't. I couldn't for a moment say when did he write uh, It's All Right, Ma? Was It was before, was it? Am I saying that right? It yeah. was in 1964. Okay. I think he wrote it in 65. Oh, okay. So it's only like three, two or three years later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. It, it said it, it leans in. It's so, the rhymes in this song, again, are so simple. Yeah. That, and that is the longest line in the song. I mean, everything Absolutely, else is yeah. two, yeah. three words. And then you've yeah, got yeah. that big, yeah. fat moon's going to shine. It yeah. sticks out because it is so... It is, and he kind of rushes the line a little because he probably doesn't have quite enough time to get to yeah, all those yeah. words. So yeah. he's like, "That big moon is going to shine like a spoon." <laughs> he kind of, and then he does that. We're going to let it. You won't regret yeah, it. And then he's yeah. stretching it out again. So. And and then kick your shoes off, which is again sort of just bringing bringing it home. Now, I was interested in the kick your shoes off. Do not fear. I mean, kick your shoes off. Obviously, look. Finally, last verse. We're, we're getting around to a bit of undressing, and but bring that bottle over here. Now, come on, uh, that that bottle is can't be full i'm thinking right <laughs> you know I, I think there must have been some 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 drinking from the bottle already and again the sort of speakeasy vibe of uh, shadow kingdom kind of kind of reinforces that a little probably <laughs> absolutely it does absolutely it does it said it's it's a fun cute little song and like i said when you mentioned some of the other cover versions it's amazing how much can be done with this yeah because it seems so simple um when it was covered by chris christopherson at the 30th anniversary concert right uh, it was that was almost like the uh the country corner section of the concert because Johnny Cash and June Carter and Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson were all in a row. So oh, it was almost okay. like, oh, this is the country set. This is the Bob Dylan country section of, of his career. And they were sandwiched all together. Like, okay. And I like Chris Christopherson's version. Uh, I mean, Chris Christopherson known to be a, a drinker. Uh, really? So, okay. you know, I could see why he would might want to in, uh, want to play this song? Probably a lot of fun for him to kick back and sing the song, and it's it's a nice version of it as well. So yeah, I think he sticks to the album lyrics, doesn't he? Pretty much yeah. on, on that yeah. one, most of them do. Yeah. So I said it's it's a it's a nice it's a nice simple little song, you know. I mean, uh, except Bob, considering how dense the other songs on John Wesley Harding are, it's probably yeah. just like a nice relief to write something so basic and then to, to choose to wrap up the. Uh, the record with it as well yeah, yeah. is this kind of uh, it's definitely making some sort of statement yeah i mean i said for, for me i've i've always in the past pictured this in in some kind of cozy log cabin um you know they're just turning the lights down low and shutting the blinds and so on 
do, do you did you have a mental picture of of where the of where, where it was taking place? You know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard not to. At least for me, it's hard for me not to um, picture the Bob that you see on the the cover of right. the record, which is him with the the Bengal balls and. Uh, sure, the, sure, sure. And the handyman, I believe, which is great. I love it. Just this yeah. random handyman who is just doing a job, like putting in some shelves, and he's immortalized on the cover of John Wesley yeah. Harding for all it's eternity. It's but totally yeah. off, off kilter, isn't it? It just yeah, tells yeah. you something funny's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's always, I mean, all these songs, again, like we've talked about on other episodes, so many of Bob Dylan's songs seem to take place in an indeterminate time frame yeah. where there seems to be modern conveniences, but yet it seems old timey. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing about the song that inherently suggests a log cabin or, or not that a log cabin no. can be, can't be contemporary anyway. It's like when you talk about like Tin Angel, like Tin Angel could take place in a log cabin too, for all we know. He loves putting in these songs where he's like, Hmm, what, what is, what does any of that mean? You know, yeah. like what is that? So, I, I mean, a couple of people I asked, um, said they they were figuring it was some sort of apartment um you know a, a bit like uh, maybe fourth time around i figure that takes place in, you know as he's leaving someone's apartment mm. and so that they had that kind of picture in their head you know for, for the setting when they heard it i could see that yeah like so, i said yeah. it, it conjures a lot of it is that music the the, the tune conjures up such yeah. a feeling to it and the way the and then the way the song you know, uh, continues on after he's done singing and it just yeah. fades out into this really quiet kind of, I would love to have heard this. I mean, he, when he sings it at the Isle of Wight, he has the Nashville skyline voice. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but I generally don't, not a big fan of much of the stuff from the Isle of Wight concert. I just, it's, it's so ramshackle. So it would have been interesting if he had attempted this uh, for Nashville skyline. That said, it is so similar to tonight. I'll be staying here with you. Maybe if he had left this song, for that record, he never would have written tonight. I I'll be staying here with you, and that's one of my all-time favorites. So I'm glad yeah, that yeah. song exists. Yeah, no, it it made it onto another self-portrait, didn't it? Um, yeah, I think a live version that was. Mm-hmm. Do you know if there are any um, sort of outtakes from from the Bootleg series? I there isn't any that I've ever heard. There's none on the Bootleg series, and uh, considering now that they have plumbed john wesley harding for outtakes just recently on a on a bootleg series there there's none of this so i you know i don't know whether there's there had to be at least a couple of takes i would think of any given song but i've never heard any sort of alternate studio yeah yeah i mean i searched but i couldn't find anything but yeah there's a marvelous story i think somebody uh, i think it was ken buttry who played drums on it i think ran into george harrison not too long after the record had come out and harrison heard you know wesley harding and and was a, was marveling at how simple it sounded, and he said, "Man, that must have been a real bitch to record. Get it? it sounds so perfect." And <laughs> Ken Buttery so was like, "No, we did like two takes of every song, and we were done in like two afternoons." Oh, right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's quite an interesting departure. It, I mean, I think when I first listened to the album, I, I had a double take: Am I actually listening to Bob here? Because um, it's such a break from from what he'd done previously, you know. But I guess he just carried on doing that didn't he and sort of mm-hmm. singing different al- albums of different styles was mm-hmm. he tell, tell me was he married and had kids in 67 I, I yes yeah. okay at that point he was in fact jacob dylan has a great quote like when he was being interviewed a All lot right. during the you know the hated bringing down the horse where he said that uh, he refers to nashville skyline and he said the, the records from that period he goes those are my parents talking uh that's how he refers <laughs> right. to it. and and you know while john wesley harding yeah uh, doesn't really is not a romantic record for most of it. These last two certainly are. So you could imagine that that's 
but but yeah, this is when he had gone to Woodstock and he was making babies with with Sarah and uh, sure, sure, sure. you know that was what was going on. I mean, that's, these this their album cover was shot on his property. You know, I mean that again, that handyman was his handyman. So. <laughs> right. Okay. So, well, there you go. Oh, that's that's a, that's an interesting story. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great. I said it's a, it's a really fun little song. So the fact that you were able to bring not one, not two, but three interpretations to this uh, song is pretty remarkable, Nick. Well done. I, th- I think we did pretty well for a two minutes, 40 seconds song, didn't we? I think so. I think so. So, all right. So before we wrap up here, I have to ask you what I've been asking everybody else recently. So, uh, Bob, uh, you, you're going to go see Bob again. And you're gonna, this is going to be your number four concert. And well, Bob, if, if, if he comes, yeah. If he comes, yes. In this fantasy world, there is no pandemic anymore. Okay, and uh, Bob, is, Bob is out there. And he goes to you, Nick, and he says, what song would you like to hear me open the show with, Nick? What would you like? Uh, I'd probably plump for most of the time, which I've mentioned already is one of my okay. favorites. Yeah. It'd be a slow way to open a concert, that's for sure. Although you never know with him. You might play an up-tempo version of it. So. He'd probably play a reggae version of it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, fair enough. That's a great song. Good good choice. So, Well, uh, Nick, thank you so much for, for coming on and talking that's- about this song with me. This was a blast. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, good very much. So why don't you tell people where they can find you out on the internet? Uh, yeah, it won't take long because I'm not on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. It's just my, just my email address, nick.warren <laughs> at mail.com. So, uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of Pod Dylan. Of course, you can find all the back episodes on our website, findwaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to Pod Dylan on any podcatcher of your choice. And then finally, if you want to support the Fire and Water Podcast Network, go to patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. There you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on a show of your choice. So big thanks to Robert Ward, Steve Cronin, Max Hutzel, Sebastian Krogh, George Doherty, and Joaquin Meckel for their support of Pod Dylan. I very much appreciate it. So that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you later. Bye. John played a large part in bringing forward an artist uh, who really changed a generation songs and lyrics that were mostly about love and honeymooning and spooning uh, really changed with Bob Dylan.